0: Welcome to Global Maritime News, the podcast, bringing you the most impactful news reports and analysis across the global shipping and supply chain industry over the past half week. I'm Levine, your host, and as of Sunday, 6th February, 5 p.m. Singapore time, these are the major stories. First off, some of Europe's largest oil terminals were hit by a series of cyber attacks last week. The affected terminals include those located in Belgium, Germany, and the Netherlands. Moving over to the container sector, one of the world's largest box ships has been successfully refloated after grounding off Germany. The Mumbai Mersk was successfully refloated at high tide on Friday morning in its second attempt. Some more bad news for the tanker industry as VLCC tanker rates have hit an all time low, with one cargo even receiving 17 offers. And among Europe's ports, Rotterdam has ranked first in terms of carbon emissions, according to a study by Europe's leading clean transport campaign group, Transport and Environment. And later in the podcast, over in Singapore, we explore how supply chain woes are forcing furniture retailers to increase their prices. Some of Europe's largest oil terminals were hit by a series of cyber attacks last week. The affected the terminals included those located in Belgium, Germany, and the Netherlands. These were confirmed on Thursday as Belgian prosecutors stated that they were investigating the hacking of oil facilities. Also in Germany, prosecutors also shared that they were looking into a cyber attack on oil facilities that was described as a possible ransomware attack. This comes as oil prices hit a seven-year high last month amid diplomatic tensions with Russia and increasing energy bills that are fueling a rise in inflation. Since the end of last week, two German companies, Oil Tanking, which is an oil storage company, and Mabenaft, an oil trading firm, were hit by hackers. Also, Belgium's Sea tank and Dutch fuel storage firm Evos have also been affected. This has caused delays in tanker and barge shipments going in and out of Europe's biggest oil hub of up to a week as affected companies had to suspend some operations before racing to resume them after these cyber attacks. This attack comes as cyber attacks targeting the shipping sector and global critical infrastructures are growing rapidly across the world and in Asia. As the maritime industry rapidly digitizes, ransomware attacks have become more common. Hackers are focusing their efforts on organizations in the sector that are seen as appealing targets due to a perceived lack of cybersecurity investment and the potential for significant operational disruption. Compliance requirements for ship owners and operators regarding cyber risks have increased since the beginning of 2021, owing to a growing concern about the financial and operational consequences of cyber attacks. Ship owners and operators worldwide, including in Asia, are now required to follow the International Maritime Organization's resolutions on cyber risk management and guidelines. In accordance with the International Safety Management Code, every safety management system must be documented as having factored in cyber risk management and processes for cyber risk assessment. According to Naval Dome, a cybersecurity specialist, there has been a 400% increase in attempted hacks on the maritime industry globally since the start of the pandemic. Also, with a 168% increase in cyber attacks between May 2020 and May 2021, the Asia Pacific region appears to be the most targeted region in the world for ransomware. This threat was highlighted by the recent cyber breaches of Singapore based marine services provider Swire in November and South Korean shipping company HMM in June last year. Moving over to the container sector, one of the world's largest box ships has been successfully refloated after grounding. The Mumbai Merc was successfully refloated at high tide on Friday morning in its second attempt after it ran aground on a shallow patch off a German island late Wednesday. After the first attempt on Thursday morning with two multipurpose vessels and five tugs used to free the ship and tow it to deeper water failed, two additional tugs were hired, and the Mumbai Maersk was towed finally free during a second attempt. The Mumbai Maersk box ship was introduced in 2018, and it set a new record for Maersk by loading the largest number of container ships at the time. According to a statement from the Maritime Emergency Command, the ship was on its way from Rotterdam in the Netherlands to the northwestern German port city of Bremerhaven, where it ran aground late Wednesday evening. Authorities in Wilhelmshaven and Oldenburg said an investigation into the incident's cause was ongoing. Now heading to the tanker sector, VLCC tanker rates have hit an all-time low. VLCC rates on the Baltic Exchanges benchmark, TD3 Time Charter equivalent route, hit new lows on Thursday, capping off a week in which super tankers have plummeted to new lows. One cargo ship from the Middle East to South Korea received 17 offers before settling on a 2017-built vessel at a daily rate of around negative $23,500. Evercore analysts described the tanker markets as in shambles on Thursday. And in its quarterly report issued on Thursday as well, Belgian tanker giant Euronav warned of two major potential roadblocks for owners ahead of any tanker recovery. The first, a return to restrictions based on additional or new strains of COVID-19. And a second potential roadblock, high oil prices affecting consumption recovery. Speaking to analysts in a conference call, Euronav CEO Hugo de explained that smaller tanker operators are pulling their pants down with low rate offers and harming market prospects for the entire sector. He said that though the tonnage list of ships that can carry cargo is long, only big owners with a sizable fleet have the scale and information to determine whether a vessel is in the right position to do business. However, many tankers who have small exposure with only a handful of vessels, like 2, 3, 4, 5 vessels, do not have access to that kind of information. As such, they are blurred by the long tonnage list, thinking that they are competing against numerous ships, when in fact they are not. This is especially given the existence of a lot of private cargoes that are not widely circulated and are only revealed once fixed. Thus, smaller owners in particular are then disappointed because they mistakenly believed that there were fewer cargos than there were and offered lower rates to beat competitors. However, it may not necessarily be all doom and gloom for the VLCC sector. According to Clarkson's Plateau Securities, higher speed assumptions in the time charter equivalent calculations are making numbers look worse than they actually are. Speed is a key factor in producing rate guides, and Clarkson's analysts explain that because of the low rates and high fuel costs, the assumptions used in calculations have a relatively large effect on estimates. For example, to arrive at its minus 8,300 figure, the Baltic exchange uses a laden speed of 13 knots and a ballast speed of 12.5 knots. According to the analysts, this is faster than the actual speed being used. So according to Clarkson's Plateau, the four-week rolling average laden speed for the VLCC fleet is approaching 11.5 knots, and the ballast speed for vessels returning to the Middle East is approaching 10.5 knots. So as you can see, it's almost one knot lower than what is being used in the calculations. This difference in speed assumptions thus raises earnings by 8,000 per day for a non-eco vessel, thus resulting in a rate closer to zero on the Baltics measure. And over in the port sector, Rotterdam Port has topped the charts, but not for good reason. Among Europe's ports, Rotterdam has ranked first in terms of carbon emissions, according to a study by Europe's leading clean transport campaign group, Transport and Environment, or T&E for short. According to a new study ranking ports carbon emissions, the port of Rotterdam emits nearly 14 million tons of carbon dioxide per year putting it on par with Europe's fifth-largest industrial polluter, the waste whaler coal power plant in Germany. Antwerp and Hamburg come in second and third respectively, with Spain accounting for three of the top ten polluting ports. In a year of record profits for the industry, TNE urges ports to support EU-wide efforts to reduce the environmental impact of shipping. Among the measures TNC would like ports to support is a shift to shoreside electrification. Also known as shoreside power, this allows ships to turn off their engines and plug into an electrical grid while at berth, and this is becoming increasingly popular as a dependable way to reduce emissions at ports. So while ports have an EU-imposed deadline of 2025 to implement this technology, there is widespread industry distrust due to high costs, low return on investment, and the lack of a level playing field in international regulations. This green solution is especially important for Rotterdam and Amsterdam, where oil tankers are said to account for the majority of emissions at the port. Rotterdam Port has responded to the ENT report by announcing its plans to track vessel emissions. The Port of Rotterdam Authority will partner with Big Mile Consultancy to develop a digital platform to identify and track transport-related emissions within its port. Over the next half year, they will undertake a pilot project to gain a better understanding of emission levels. They intend to use AIS data to precisely calculate emissions from the transportation sector. The mission platform will assist the port and business community in making better decisions and putting strategies in place to make the facility a carbon-neutral port. The project's findings will be shared with shipping companies and terminals in the second half of this year. And moving on to our final story for today's episode, over here in Singapore, if you are thinking of buying furniture in the near future, you might want to act now before furniture retailers increase their prices. Local furniture retailers are finding it increasingly harder to maintain current prices as ongoing supply chain woes continue to push up costs exponentially. Freight rates, for example, have nearly tripled as a result of persistent shortage of shipping containers and port disruptions caused by the COVID-19 pandemic. For instance, homegrown furniture label Commune has absorbed these cost surges for more than a year, but they can no longer continue doing so. Explaining their decision, CEO Joshua Co stated that Commune does not have the margins to stomach these rising costs and will increase prices very soon. He elaborated further that logistics holdups are the most pressing issue because prior to the pandemic, the cost of shipping a container from China to Singapore was around 500 US dollars. But it has since then soared to 3,500 US dollars, so that is almost seven times the original amount. This impact also extends beyond monetary considerations, as container shortages and port congestion have resulted in weeks-long and sometimes months-long delays. Commune Furniture Company has stated that its upcoming decision to raise retail prices will not be a one-time increase for all its products. To reflect rising costs accurately, it will instead be product-specific. For example, metal prices have risen significantly, so metal-based products will have a higher cost increase as compared to those made of other materials. This development in Singapore is not surprising as international retailers like IKEA have announced a price hike with increases in prices at its Singapore stores averaging 3%. And that is all for episode 7 of the Global Maritime News podcast. If you want to comment on this podcast and the topics we have covered, you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn at Global Maritime News. So do reach out. We'd love to hear from you. I'm Levine Tan, your host, and until next time, goodbye.